So uh, Dan almost joined us this week, but then, you know, we're over here on pitchfork.com and it says Arcade Fire 2 perform at Coachella 2022 on Friday, April 15th. So now suddenly he can't, you know, it shows where his priorities are. He'd rather perform at Coachella than uh, hang out with us. It's kind of sad. You know, the songs they're working on, they sound really good. The Lightning Part 1 and 2. Great songs, very Springsteen-esque. I think I said it was, uh, it reminds me of the Killer Springsteen phase in a good way. Yeah, like the the second Killers album-ish. But now that I've heard that their band has interrupted one of our streams and forced us to change our schedule so they can hang out That's with right. Phoebe Bridgers, Megan Thee Stallion, Lil Baby, 21 Savage, Danny Elfman, Doja Cat, Run the Jewels, Jamie XX, Carly Rae Jepsen, Vince Staples, Japanese Breakfast, Baby King, Caribou, and more. I don't know if I think they're good anymore. Yeah, it shows who Dan's real friends are, I guess. Lil Baby and Caribou. I hope they have a real funeral. I hope they put out (laughs) another album called Funeral, and it's about how they die. Just kidding. I think um, we should be willing to pay Dan more than Coachella is, though, to be fair. Yeah, how much do they pay the bands? Like 100 bucks, 200 bucks? Yeah. Most of they it's give them like a percentage of door. Yeah. Honestly, for a show that big, you should be doing it for free for exposure. Especially Coachella should make band the bands like that. Um, they should make them go out in the streets and like prove that they sold 20 tickets in order to perform. Doing pay to play shows for arena shows would be amazing. <laughs> they should do that just to just to drum up some publicity. Be like, you two yeah. has to sell 20 tickets to their friends or their mom or their aunt who's not even going to go <laughs> as long as you have the tickets uh, or we're not going to be able to play this arena. Yeah, that's They're right. We're going to give it to Coachella so they can do an arena tour. Man, this is just like apropos of nothing, but that just reminded me of that uh, tweet from Leon I saw earlier today that DistroKid introduced like payday loans basically. <laughs> Where it's like, you usually make this much money on your streams each month, so we'll give you an advance and just take a certain percentage off the top in the future, you know? It's so weird, because who makes money from that? I think... Yeah, exactly. Like, let me check my distro, kid. Like, But that's why it's, like, extra predatory of, like, you're they're only advancing you, like, 200 bucks, maybe. Like, they're assuming you're just, like, desperate, you know? Let's see, how do I... How do I tell uh, how much like money I have? Bank on there, I think. Bank. There it is. I have to enter my inter- information to know how much money I have? Oh, really? Yeah, I just did it a long well, time ago. I don't ago, care because so I know it's going to be like $2. I bet you it's more than that. It's probably not a ton, but I bet you... You probably do have like maybe 100 bucks or something, I would guess. That would be crazy. But yeah, we'll donate that 100 bucks to Arcade Fire, and then maybe Dan will uh, choose to just not play Coachella. Yeah, we got to buy them out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's try to uh, organize a deal so that we own like nine and a half percent of Arcade Fire, and then we can make scheduling decisions for them that benefit us. Yeah, we should all form a corporation like an Apple Records, and just own yeah. all those bands and give money away to people on the street. We should trick people who come on this podcast into giving up part of their uh, rights to everything they own, all their all their music. Yeah, we should do like uh, Howard Stern style concerts where you have them play their biggest song, but then they sign a, a form in the background that says, we own that song now. Yeah. 
Speaking of uh, Howard Stern, I don't think it was funny enough to watch on here right now, but did you see the uh, Machine Gun Kelly doing the System of a Down cover on Howard Stern? Oh, yeah. I, I saw screenshots of it. I saw a few seconds of it. Like, it wasn't quite a puddle of mud doing Nirvana. Because, like, the band itself was... Well, I guess it was similar to that performance in the sense that, like, the band itself was pretty competent. And then he just, like, really phoned it in. But, like, it wasn't as funny as Puddle of Mud where he's way off key and just, like, losing it. It's more like he just sang two notes the entire song so that he didn't have to try hard. Yeah, it seemed okay. Yeah, it was just, like, underwhelming, but it wasn't embarrassingly bad. It was just, like, kind of shitty. It's just interesting, the things he does to try to, like, stitch together all these reference points to, like, Mm -hmm. what's now considered classic rock. Like, we talked about it on another episode, but his his whole thing is just references to other bands to try to be, like, street or something in the sense of, like, rock yeah. legitimacy. And it's so clumsy. I'm sure you could definitely um, write a think piece about that, but... It's like when... Uh, it be ex- it's exhausting to imagine. Macklemore followed up Thrift Shop to, like, with uh, songs trying to prove that he knew about all the old rappers... <laughs> He's like, I got a- Africa Bambata in my video. People were like, what? Or even kind of like um, the way that 100 Gex will just do like a ska song or whatever. It was kind of more interesting when they were being abrasive and making people my age mad, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like there's only... I can't believe there's still a way to do that, to like, get people mad with shitty sounding music. I thought we already hit that <laughs> point like uh, maybe 10 to 15 years ago. With like yeah, a totally. crazy frog and like uh, nightcore and hamster dance and like just all the like internet bad sounding shit that came out then. I thought we all got it out of our system, but people are still like, "Oh my god, this music's too abrasive." Stuff that's not. I wonder even on the when radio. we're gonna be ready um, to be offended by another Eminem style guy who's just mean and crazy. Like Out of Future redid that shtick in like 2010. But now it's been another decade where we're probably due to have someone who's just so edgy and uh, they get kicked out of Australia or whatever and try to get press off of that. Yeah, the problem is now everything's so polarized that anybody who wants to blow up in that way and get a, uh, get everybody offended and become like a culture war touch point, they have to really pick a side. And like Eminem's a yeah, perfect a example point. of a figure like that who's like beloved by a lot of middle-aged white guys who are like trump supporters now yeah and then he did the anti-trump freestyle or whatever yeah that kind of confused everyone but back in the day like he wasn't he even did mosh and stuff but that wasn't even a big deal then but he was uh yeah kind of like a uh apolitical figure who just pissed people off people's parents but now if you were him trying to like yeah like he can't when he tries to be offensive it's just like donald trump is a fucking dump i hate him yeah, and then it's like, like Democrat parents are like, yeah, hell yeah, and then Republican parents are like, oh, I don't, I don't like him. I don't like him now. Yeah, this ignorant hip hopper. That's like that's a perfect segue into Kid Rock, which we wanted to talk about. But I got to make an awkward segue around to Crypto Bats because I don't want to forget to do our weekly Crypto Bats update. Weekly listeners will be excited and not at all surprised to hear that Crypto Bats are still on the decline. Uh, as of April 14th, they're going for 0.17 ETH now. I think last week they were at, what, 2.25? So they've lost another, what, is that a quarter of their value from last week? 
Oh yeah, someone sold one of these for uh, $332. Yeah, I'm seeing here one here for 0 0.13, 0 0.17, 6. Like these things are going down, down, down. Not good, especially with the gas fees. Like you're only getting back maybe 100 to 200 bucks on the whole purchase. And he probably paid like yeah, especially 3, if you spent over two thousand dollars on like, it. Yeah. Man, why would you trust Ozzy Osbourne? Also, it's really funny to sell now. Where like, why don't you just hold it for? You've already lost like eighty plus percent of the value of it, maybe more. Why don't you just hold it, hoping, oh, maybe it'll go kind of back up, you know? Yeah, I think it's funnier to just hold it. Yeah, you never technically lose money if you never sell it again, because it could go back up if Ozzy Osbourne dies. Yeah, that's what I'd be waiting for if I was a, a bat holder. It's so funny to take financial advice from him when he was the one who signed the papers for a show that basically chronicled his mental decline. Yeah. Just following <laughs> him around in the house as he's taking like 20 different medications because he has like neuralgia or some shit, like just a bunch of yeah. degenerative conditions where he can't speak clearly. And like, like he just, he let them film the whole thing. Like his yeah, dog if you fall for the grift, for it's completely house. on you. <laughs> that guy knows about cryptocurrency, really? <laughs> Man, maybe a way that CryptoBats owners could drive the value back up is just trying to trick people it's a Batman NFT. Oh, yeah. You could just buy it. It's like when um, restaurants who have similar logos or similar designs buy the other one's locations and just change it a little bit. Yeah. Or like... a. That's like the less fun version of when like a Taco Bell turns into like the law offices of Peter Francis Geraci. It's way funnier. I would never trust a lawyer who did that. I would. Be able to go through the drive-thru with your lawyer would be sick. It's convenient. Well, that would be cool, but it sucks that they put a Taco Bell out of business. You just have to assume that they sued the Taco Bell for having bad meat <laughs> and they won yeah. the building. Because otherwise, I'm just how does imagining that the lawyer... The lawyer really does just sit right at the drive-thru. You just pull up to the window and it's just him in a suit sitting there all the time. That's how they decide which cases to take. You pull up to the speaker and they're like, all right, what, uh, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I'm trying to sue Facebook because they put me in Facebook jail and then they just turn it off. Keep yeah. on moving, sir. <laughs> well, I was a Taco Bell franchise owner and uh, we got sued into oblivion. Uh, keep on moving, sir. You won't receive service here at the drive-thru. And then there's just a guy who thinks it's still a Taco Bell because he just saw the shape of... He's illiterate and he saw the shape of the building and just comes up like, yeah, I need some cheesy gordita crunch. Yeah, that's true. For people who can't read, it's important what those buildings look like on the outside. Yeah, you just memorized the shape of Taco Bell and you know all the menu items off the top of your head that you like. So you just start ordering from the law office. Uh, you know, sight unseen. They should have a Taco Bell and a law office. If you can have a Taco Bell Ooh, and yeah, a KFC, like, the combination. like why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not any business in there? That's a way better idea in general. And the law office is always trying to sue the K, uh, the KF, no, the Taco Bell. I think that's going to have more food complaints than the KFC by like a small margin. Yeah. They're always trying to sue them. And they're just like snooping around in the kitchen looking for stuff that's moldy. And there's like a lot of synergy of uh, the law office just needs to make everyone wait like 45 minutes after their appointment and they're eventually just going to like cave in and buy Taco Bell. Like you can really easily. And then the Taco Bell has to have such shoddy health code violations that when you eat Taco Bell there, you go right over to the lawyer and file a claim. It would be so efficient. It's really not that far away from having a vending machine. 
Like if you have a Pepsi vending machine in your law office, which many of them do, that's basically you having a franchise for a major corporation for junk food. So why not have yeah, a full-service right. restaurant? Or maybe they could have a Coke Freestyle machine in the Taco Bell that also has some like law services built into it. Yeah, one where you can print out documents. Yeah. Like Kinkos. Or like you can you can file for a divorce while you're adding like vanilla and raspberry to your Coke. So I, for, but, I uh, forget how make, we got on Taco Bell building design. Oh, it's the crypto bats because Batman's going to buy them and reskin them. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that the timing is right with crypto bats because once uh, the Batman movie comes to like streaming or Blu-ray or whatever the fuck, just be like, oh, got to get your NFT now. So we were going to talk about Kid Rock because his album just came out. It doesn't have a... Well, it came out like a month ago. And yeah, it doesn't Did have it? a Wikipedia, which is just incredible. Oh, yeah, it came out digitally on March 21st. So that would explain why it's on Spotify already. Physical CDs available April 6th. I've been listening to it on Spotify, but it doesn't have a Wikipedia article, and it's sort of uh, hidden in the media a little bit. Yeah, that blows my mind. I guess that's what you get when you when your lyrics are all about how you can't trust the media. Now your fans aren't going to add you to Wikipedia. Yeah, it makes sense why you'd get frozen out. We noticed that before with uh, the Let's Go Brandon songs. Like stuff would hit number one in the U.S., or at least on the iTunes charts, which seems like it would merit a Wikipedia article. If like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Numa Numa guy has a Wikipedia article. Like there's uh, like yeah. shit like that that's reached late, way less people that's in there but i think uh yeah there's a general hesitance to acknowledge that kind of shit because it's just bait and it's just so transparently like just facile culture war shit that's a good point like when you frame it that way you're right that it's on a level beneath the numa numa guy and hamster dance basically yeah no one even wants to acknowledge it because it's just it's the dumbest, lowest common denominator shit meant to piss you off. And if you acknowledge it in the sense of like uh, smirking at it, you are still kind of getting triggered by it. And they're going to take it as you being triggered if you acknowledge it at all. But then they also yeah. uh, declare victory if you don't acknowledge it because they're hiding it. And then they get to talk about George Orwell. Yeah, you just can't win, you know? But like the the lyrics of the title track, Bad Reputation, kind of tie into this, where he's saying, I'm in all the papers, I'm in the news, fuck all the haters and them iPhone camera crews, bring on the strippers, pour me a shot, rehabs for quitters, and there's one thing I'm definitely not. A, that's kind of clunky, but then B, it's like, no, you're not in the papers or the news, you're not even on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's been in like... New York Magazine or something, like a, the online section for that song where there's the big CGI middle finger blowing up because that was the just... New York Magazine? I would, I would expect the New York Post to be more interested in him. Well, I mean, uh, like uh, calling him out. Oh, uh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Like, I guess, Which is uh, exactly what he wants. Like, There's no point in calling out guys like this because that's what he's trying to get you to do. It's like, it's such rote hackneyed bullshit he's doing you know yeah that's why you don't see too much uh acknowledgement of this going on like um there's an article on like consequence of sound about it but he's been around doing that shit for so long that it doesn't really merit attention from like the new york times or anyone else like that 
Yeah. Man, all this shit is so phoned in on that same song. I got guns. I got jets. I'm having shit tons of fun, but I ain't done yet. We talked about it before, but it's so funny how his lyrics are always like, uh, I'm the cocaine cowboy, and I'm fucking all these strippers and giving them chlamydia. And and (laughs) he's trying to also pander to Christians at the same time. Yeah. Apparently it works to some extent, you know. Yeah, he like he despises his audience so much. It's amazing. He lies about where he's from, which he does a lot in these songs. Yeah. He has a song on this album called Ella Fucking Bama that's all about how he's from Alabama, which is just so demonstrably false. It takes five seconds to prove that he's not. In the song. And he, even in like, other songs on the album, he says how he's from Detroit in other songs on the album. Yeah, it's like the the conceit here is that it's a woman saying it. And he asks her where you're from, and she mm. says, I'm a f- from Alla-fucking-Bama. Okay, I guess I wasn't paying enough attention to the, the deepness of the lyrics. Well, no one else will either. They're just going to hear that and be like, hell yeah, he's from Alabama too, just like I am. I love Kid Rock. He found a loophole, basically. Yeah. Lyrical loophole. It wasn't him saying it, it was someone else who looks like him. But like you were saying uh, earlier in the DM, uh, even if he was claiming he's from Alabama, that's no worse than what CCR did, so... If CCR can do it, how come Kid Rock can't? Which is, I think, a fair point, you know? Yeah, CCR honestly kind of rocks for that. It's so funny listening to those songs and realizing that all of them were from San Francisco. They're just like UC Berkeley kids who decided they were going to pretend to be from Louisiana. I'm going to start doing a bunch of songs about how I'm from Brooklyn. Yeah, you should. And I'm mad about all these hipsters who are gentrifying it. Yeah, we need to stop gentrifying Louisiana and the bayou. They're draining the bayou. (laughs) People keep drinking up all the bayou water, and we're not going to have any more to sail in. I'm so mad about um, hipsters moving into Park Slope. I'm going to start fighting like a, a 10 to 15-year-old gentrification battle. Like in Chicago, it's got to be Wicker Park. Like, oh, I'm so mad at all these hipsters in Wicker Park. <laughs> we got to take it back. I think every, uh, every neighborhood in New York belongs to the Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm real old school. Yeah, that's right. A very specific... A level of old school where you're not going to go all the way back to Native Americans, but you're willing to go back to the Dutch and just leave it there. Yeah, that's the compromise. If we're going to pick a point <laughs> that's in time. That's a good point. Like, yeah, if the ethical thing is to go back many hundreds of years and the convenient thing is to not go back at all, we need to split the difference and hand New York back to the Dutch. Yeah, let's call it at like 1650. In another song. And all the, um, go ahead. I was going to say that all the uh, Taco Bells and stuff in New York are going to be redone with, with like Dutch windmills and shit. Oh, that would be wonderful. There's a park in Japan that's like that. <laughs> it's uh, near Nagasaki, which was originally a Dutch trading port. And they've got all the oh, okay. windmills and the tulips and stuff, and they dress up in like the, the Dutch dresses. It's awesome. Yeah, that rocks. But anyway, in another we song... We need to give Japan back to the Dutch. <laughs> yeah, give it back. In Am What I Am from this album, he says, I was born in the country. I grew up in the streets. I got down in old Detroit, raised some hell in Tennessee. Does he live in Tennessee? I think he has, um, isn't his big ass honky tonk and bar and grill in Nashville? So he definitely has some business interests down there. That would make sense. Here's another one that I, I still can't wrap my head around this entirely of, most of the songs on this album, especially the one with Monster Truck and like the other ones that were singles, 
are just like, fuck liberals, I hate snowflakes, fuck young people, etc. But then he has, the beginning of My Kind of Country starts, My Kind of Country has a Trump and a JFK, an NAACP and an NRA. So he's seeming to like kind of both sides things, even though it contradicts his own songs on this album. Or is the JFK thing like a subtle QAnon thing? I don't think it is, but it could be. Yeah, either way, he's pandering. I don't know how much he would know about like the guy who goes around fucking uh, old boomer women pretending to be JFK Jr., even though he's like 5'3 and like Italian. <laughs> that rocks. That guy's awesome. But uh, the saying NAACP and an NRA, it's like they're opposed. It seems like it's kind of giving yeah, the which wrong is really me- funny. message. It's like, yeah, is that's the NRA really funny to for like that. guys to be able to shoot black guys. <laughs> is that what he's yeah. saying? Like those are like, well, it's the Republicans and the Democrats and the yeah NAACP and gun owners. <laughs> a buddy guy, old Biggie, and a sly and the Family Stone. God, he just anytime he has to write more than two lines, he ends up just listing different artists. He loves that. Uh, I think it's good. He knows rappers and also blues and country. He's the original guy to do that, maybe because like that's always the thing I point out about groups like Florida Georgia Line, where they're like, "We got T Pain playing in the pickup truck," you know. Uh, I think maybe Kid Rock was doing it twenty plus years ago. Yeah, he might have been the first person to get around to that. There were like rap rock crossovers before and country rap crossovers. But he was the wor- he was the one to like really prod that sweet spot where uh, like rap and country can kind of meet in like celebrating yeah. like partying and really drilling in uh, a few specific like lifestyle things like uh, going to the club or going to the 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 hoot nanny. Yeah, just a lot of brand names and shit. Yeah, like listing brand names and they they are like interchangeable in a certain. A certain way you can kind of get them to overlap in a way that appeals to like younger country listeners yeah and that's what's funny about this album too is that it starts off with that one that featured monster truck don't tell me how to live which is like you know more of a banger in the style of ball with a ball it's a, definitely a rock song you know and then the majority of the album after that is just like cookie cutter country shit where it almost makes me think of the Van Morrison album when we talked about that, where it was just generic ass blues with no distinguishing features at all. Like Kid Rock's kind of doing some of that here. And like the people who bought this album uh, or even just streamed it expecting more bangers like the Monster Truck one, they'd be sorely disappointed. Yeah, he does what a lot of older artists do, like uh, Bob Dylan and maybe Neil Young to some extent, and definitely Van Morrison where they put out an album and all the new songs are just like a C chord and an F chord and them just kind of mumbling something and like nothing really surprises you at all. There's like no left turns in the arrangements. It's just kind of going through the motions. I guess it's more honorable than just putting out like remixes of old songs, but I don't know. I guess, but then again, I guess the other side of that coin on this Kid Rock album though is that there's a handful where he does go out of his way to do something different and it's really terrible. Like I think it was never enough maybe is the one where he's using like this really shitty, like auto tune slash vocoder. I only listened to it once. So I forgot already like the 
specifics of how it sounds, but it sounded like fucking trash, dude. On the album before this, which was called Sweet Southern Sugar, he did a cover of Sugar Pie Honey Bunch by The Four Tops, which is really weird because it's like arranged to sort of give the impression that like I can do this. Like I'm classically trained. And I guess it gets the point across because it's better than the other stuff he makes. Like it's a passable like karaoke-ish version. But, yeah, like it just comes off as comical. Like, why would you even make that album that blows cover? my mind? Oh wow! Also, like, well, I guess no one sells albums anymore. Period. But that album only sold forty three thousand copies. It's like, actually, no, never mind. It sold one hundred eighty thousand copies over the years. I guess that was the first week sales. But even that, still, it's just like for someone as huge as him, it's just kind of funny. This new one is eighteen tracks. It's an hour and eleven minutes long. God so maybe he's dude. assuming that it's all going to be streaming. Yeah, he's doing the same kind of thing that like Migos does now, where Migos puts out a fucking three-hour-long album. For so, like, I don't know, the people who are smartest about gaming Spotify like that tend to always do these albums that are three hours or twenty minutes, and I don't really understand why exactly, but there must be some logic behind it. Yeah, I guess there should be a different album for uh, album length for streaming because the thirty-three is kind of arbitrary. And the length yeah. of the CD is arbitrary and is sort of based on the 33 a little bit. Yeah, the kind of artist... Like, to me, though, the the 33 just coincidentally gave you the right amount of music. Of Like, 40 minutes is about as long as you want to, like, listen to an artist attentively, you know? Whereas it's like... Yeah, 80 minutes man, no was one wants a little to fucking, much. Yeah, no one wants to sit there for that long. There's always some kind of obnoxious filler on an 80-minute album. And this, getting back to the previous uh, Kid Rock album, The Sweet Southern Sugar, what's so funny about that is, like you're saying, it's only 10 songs in like 40 minutes. It's pretty brisk. But you look at the personnel for the album, and there's three drummers, three bassists, six guitarists, four piano players, like 10 backing vocalists or more. It's like, what the fuck was he doing in those sessions? Like, did he just have like 10 different sessions for like one song a piece or what, man? Sounds like a nightmare. It's amazing that that album has Mellotron on it. And yeah. like Hammond organ and stuff. Like imagine talking about that, about how you played the Hammond organ on a Kid Rock album. <laughs> I guess it must just be Nashville guys, but it's still crazy to have that many guitarists. And It just sounds exhausting uh, and pointless, especially when you're doing kind of like straightforward shit like this, like doing a Four Tops cover. It's like, why would you want to have 4,000 people you got to keep track of to make this album? Three bass players. Actually, I hope that the three bass players were all on the same song. The three drummers were all on the same song. Then I would have to respect him, but I have a feeling that's not the case. That's how you get that sound. Who wants to double track stuff when you can just have both takes at the same time? <laughs> you just have three basses going. I'm just looking at the personnel on the Kid Rock albums, like the one from 2015. Steel guitar, like four electric guitarists, uh, ten violinists, three cellists. I was going to say that by doing that, at least you're making some money. But again, looking at the numbers that he sold, like you would make more money playing on a Wilco album than you would on a Kid Rock album. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think alt country is real country now. And old country is uh, alt country. Yeah. Based on how much they pay the studio musicians. See, let's get back into some of his lyrics here. Uh, where's my personal favorite? I got pulled up somewhere. Oh, here we go. His song, Cold Beer, when I saw that title, I had to jump ahead to that one right away. 
And what's funny is like, there's a few lines of the song that makes me sympathetic to it when he starts. Cause it's like, you know, well, give me some cold beer. That's all I need, you know, stir up some fire logs and we'll like, uh, set the ashes free into the sky. You know, it's like, okay, I see why someone would want to listen to this song about drinking a beer and having a campfire. Like that's the thing people like to do. Well, you don't want to stir but then up you get the to ashes. the verses. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe it's, that's a little like questionable, the, but the smoke isn't the ashes. You want um, the ashes on the ground. You don't want those in the air. Well, I think he's doing that ham-fistedly so he can get to the next line of he's watching the ashes dance free with the fireflies. But um, I'm just giving him yeah, notes. Like, you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kid Rock, if you're listening and we know you are, here's what to do for version two. Like Kanye, he's going to start redoing 10 different versions of this album. Um, But yeah, like, okay. So as a hook, it's like, I see what he's going for. That's a type of song people make. But then he gets around to the verses and it's like, all the talk about global warming keeps on heating me to the core. Yeah, I'm sick and tired of the sick and tired of the lies they're trying to feed. And we need some change and it might seem strange instead of taking a knee. What does that even mean? It makes no it's sense. It's a fucking jumble of like conservative talking points like, you know, if people weren't taking so many knees, maybe we could make some change around here, but they're lying to us about global warming. So, uh, yeah, the war in Russia this is what you get for all your participation trophies. Yeah. What? <laughs> What's up? This one starts with, well, I'd turn on the radio if they were playing songs. Instead of talking politics, how everything is going wrong. And that's kind of confusing. I guess I agree that I prefer when the radio plays songs than talk radio, but usually talk radio is conservative. And it has the same yeah, and fan, the big base, irony here. fan base as him right now. The big irony is that he's inserting those conservative talk radio talking points into his music. So it's like he's the one making music that's just as annoying as talk radio. Like how is he, how is he going to complain about that? Yeah, he's sick of uh he's sick of hearing how everything is going wrong. And then he goes into it. And it's like I'm sick and tired of the lies <laughs> and how everything's going wrong. <laughs> God damn it. It's literally in the same song too. Like he can't keep his thoughts focus for a single minute to realize that he's just doing exactly what he's talking about he has such contempt for his audience it's amazing but like what is he talking about on the radio npr maybe i guess like if he's in nashville and he turns on the radio and he hears talk radio and it's like it's liberal talk radio I think he's like, just what? dumb like he's trying to be folksy in a way that doesn't make any sense of he just intuits that that's something that a folksy ordinary person would complain about but once you actually interrogate the idea for like one second, it just falls apart. I just realized he's making the Family Guy intro. It seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. <laughs> that's just all yeah, this that's is. Right. And it's, yeah, it's like, that's so funny. and that was, what, 25 years ago? And that was making fun of shit for yeah. being so uh, so lame and corny. Like the uh, the Full House theme is, I guess, what they were kind of parodying there. Yeah. Whatever happened to the paper boy? Yeah, it's a good. Like at the end of the day, just culture war shit is so. It's kind of evergreen because it just they very slightly change the boundaries of what it's about, but it's basically always the same crap, you know. Yeah, it's awesome. It's just people uh, tricking themselves into thinking stuff was better in the past when there weren't participation. Yeah, when really they're just cycling and- through LGBT to decide which one they're most mad at for a couple of years. 
They get tired of being mad at, at G's, so they move on to the T's. When are we going to get to the B's? That's right. They're always just sitting there on the sidelines. Someone's got to directly attack them and not any of the other three. That would be pretty... I would like to see a Fox News cycle dedicated to bisexuals. Like, getting really mad about bisexual lighting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, our, our photos used to be clear and used to have nice orange and yellow type of lighting. You, you know? got a red light on one side and a blue light on the other side. How about you pick one color and stick with it? Yeah. How, how would you think... Uh, if Laura Ingram was trying to do a serious newscast and she had bisexual lighting, you wouldn't be able, there wouldn't be any gravitas. You know? They're interviewing like a lesbian who got left for a man. Yeah. <laughs> About like the, the indoctrination and stuff. Yeah. That's really oh, this good. is a great idea. Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, if you're listening, you should pay us. And we know you are. But say it wasn't our idea if anyone gets mad. I'm trying to think in the history of this show, who are the people uh, who've listened to it, who were mad about it? It's um, Danzig's manager and Eric Alper. Those are the only two I know of, I think. Yeah, I can't believe Danzig's manager takes stuff that personally. I guess it would make sense so if you like, vibe with Danzig, because he also takes stuff really personally and takes himself really seriously. But it seems like if you're around Danzig, you kind of have to have a sense of humor about how ridiculous the whole thing is. About how he's yeah, this exactly. guy well, who's like 70 and he's like this like brooding vampire guy who's into Draculas and stuff. Like it's it's comical. But my theory has always been that, or was he, the, he's like, I guess he's this manager. We'd have to like go back to that episode, but he's basically his chauffeur slash manager slash whatever. My theory is that he was embarrassed for himself and that's why he pretended he was mad on Danzig's behalf because Emily's story made that guy seem way shittier than Danzig. Like Danzig seemed fine in it. That guy just seemed like a creep, and I think he was really looking out for his own ass and like trying to pretend he was worried about Danzig. That would make sense. He seemed like he was kind of leading Danzig around and being like, hey, you want to go to the strip club? And Danzig's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and then- it's, like, it's like the um, Futurama with like Slurms McKenzie or whatever, where Danzig's tired of it, and he just pretends to be into that lifestyle still. Yeah, he just wants his to go home and read about Aleister Crowley, but he has to go out on the town. Yeah. He wants to go home and invest in a couple more crypto bats while they're cheap. Oh, he should get into it. Or he should just buy it. I'm surprised uh, he's he hasn't gotten in about he should bats have, um, before. There should be like Misfits logo NFTs. We should try to cancel Danzig for the uh, Last Caress lyrics in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you did what? What the hell is wrong with this guy? Just try to cancel basically every hair metal band. Yeah. Cherry pie is kind of uh, objectifying women, if you really think about it. That's good. Yeah, get on Twitter and just uh, screen cap, just, even just the hook of she's my cherry pie, and like, not a good look, dude. Oh, she's yours? Object- You're literally objectifying women to be like a pie cooling on a windowsill. Not okay. The most desirable thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely irresistible if you see a pie cooling on a windowsill. Whoever invented the It would be a good music video. Should be put in prison. Because it, yeah, gave some, right. it gave old ladies a place to cool pie that wasn't the windowsill. And you know how hard it is to reach in and get all the way to the fridge? Yep. There used to be pies on every windowsill. I mean, pie security increased greatly, but pie insecurity for guys who are hungry who are walking by a window became a real problem. Oh, and another thing. No one ever leaves barrels out anymore. So if all of your clothes get sucked off in some sort of incident, there's no barrels to put over yourself with suspenders on it. 
because people just yeah, use it's a very sh- like shipping containers and shit now. It's like an LA style anti homelessness measure to just remove all the barrels from the city of LA. Yeah, so homeless people can't get clothing. They stopped selling Sterno. And what happened to all those barrels with fire in them? I don't know where they were coming from initially, but it seems like they got rid of them. And now people are cold. That's the kind of shit um, Kid Rock should be complaining about in his songs. Whatever happened to hobos splitting a single bean together over a fire, you know? The liberals took that from us. Who's that rapper? Hobo Johnson? (laughs) Yeah, I forgot about that shit. I forgot, like... That was one of those things that I very deliberately tried to ignore. I guess it says on uh, Wikipedia, he was kicked out of his house by his father and subsequently lived in his car. So I guess technically, but I think he should sing about barrels and stuff. Yeah. Also, it's kind of incredible we haven't talked about this yet with the Kid Rock album that on the cover, there's the classic parental advisory label, but instead it says snowflake advisory explicit content. Yeah, it's basically a reversal of what was on the first albums he put out. Yeah, because exactly, like, the parental advisory thing has always been a way for 12-year-olds to be like, I gotta get this album. And now the Snowflake advisory is a way for 65-plus-year-olds to be like, oh, he's talking about real stuff that snowflakes are, are triggered by. Like, it's, the appeal of it is basically the same, but the age group it appeals to is exactly opposite. You know what he should do? He should put a thing at the beginning of every song that's like that noise that only young people can hear that they blast when they want to get teenagers <laughs> to scatter. Every song should start with 30 seconds of that. So it's uh, only old people can listen to it. Yeah, it's so funny. I, we talked about it the other time we talked about Kid Rock, but just the idea of doing a song about how the next generation are snowflakes is just so funny because it's like he's talking like, – Millennials were his original audience. Yeah, it's it's so funny how that works. Where like I remember, uh, like my cousin had a Kid Rock CD and he like wasn't supposed to have it or something. Yeah. Uh, but now it's uh, people's parents who want to listen to Kid Rock and like, if you found out your dad was listening to the new Kid Rock album, you'd be like, I gotta take that away. This isn't good for you. <laughs> it's right. Yeah, like some like sixty-seven-year-old boomer hiding the Kid Rock CD when his like. 33-year-old son comes over. <laughs> yeah, come on, Dad. That's just It's not good for your development, for you to be listening to this stuff about Swisher Sweets and being from Detroit and also Tennessee. <laughs> this is just horrible. Listening to it on a Walkman when the son's not around. Yeah. Did they do a vinyl release for these? That's a good question. I couldn't even Maybe guess. Maybe that generation is dead now. Like people who like really liked vinyl the first time? Yeah, now vinyl is like a, a millennial hipster thing yeah like i'm trying to think like it it is funny i did note on twitter a while ago how the itunes charts are sort of like what you you can tell from that what you used to be able to tell from like the cassette tape charts it's like what are old guys buying but then yeah at some point i don't know when those people switched probably sometime in the 90s they switched to cds and now they're on the itunes charts but like I, I think Kid Rock now is in that sweet spot or unsweet spot where you can't make any vinyl sales. Because like yeah, the old people right. who listen to that stuff probably don't have record players anymore. And like people who are buying records are probably not the original vinyl consumers. Like people who are 60 now 
they might have grown up playing records, but they're probably more familiar with like eight tracks or tapes or just CDs. Yeah, so I'm looking at Kid Rock's website, and he is just pushing the CD only of uh, Bad Reputation. That's not trad at all. It's so sad how he's trying to be trad and talk about how things used to be before everybody was a snowflake, and now we can't even get it on a real format. We have to do this download crap. uh, Great thing from his website that you had figured out earlier. You know, looking at, he's got all these dates with like Grand Funk Railroad and Foreigner. It's so weird. Um, But then he has other weird shit mixed in where he's got Kid Rock's Comedy Jam. This is coming up in uh, only a few days. It's April 18th. And you click on the ticket link and it just doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't go anywhere. It's a real shoddy fucking operation he's running over here. Like, are they fake concerts? And it's so weird that he's he actually has Grand Funk Railroad, which kind of makes sense, and Foreigner as special guests. It's not like Foreigner with Kid Rock as the opener. It's Kid Rock with special guest Foreigner or Grand Funk Railroad. Yeah, that's wild. And like, there there was an article a few months ago about how one of the guys from Foreigner was uh, saying, like, it's not going to be political, we're not doing politics, it's just the music. But it just seems so weird that they have a show like Foreigner, which, like, I could imagine, like, my Democrat parents going to. But they would not go to it if it was Kid Rock featuring Foreigner. Like, I think there are a lot of people who uh, don't want to hear Kid Rock. And it seems like Foreigner could sell more tickets if they were just playing their own show. And maybe even Grand Funk Railroad, too, even though that's like a less popular act. Ooh, there's a another... So I'm looking at some other dates, and one of his guests along the way is Jason Bonham's Led Zepp Eve. Oh, that shit sucks. It, it sucks <laughs> when some music guy dies, and then his son just like takes the mantle. Yeah, and opens for Kid Rock with it. Like, oh, man. But Bob actually, Marley this show... Like eight of so, those. Um, on the same night that E1 and Wolf Parade are doing the show together in LA, May 20th, you could also, if you're in Louisville, you could catch Kid Rock with Jason Bonham at the KFC Yum Center. The KFC Yum Center. Well, are those the same time of night? Or could you take a flight? Like if you have a private helicopter, uh, could you go from one to the other? Yeah, so Kid Rock's show starts at 7.30, so maybe you could catch uh, Jason Bonham and then fly over to catch E1. That would be awesome. Like Phil Collins going from Live Aid in the UK to Live Aid in Philadelphia for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Just like wasting uh, wasting jet fuel. That was the pre-environmentalism, really. That you could do something like that as a celebrity and say, like, I'm being helpful by taking a private yeah. jet. <laughs> to, like... To do nothing, just to be like, oh, I'm on camera over here. Yeah, exactly. These days, I mean, it's also because technology has changed, but it'd be like, why don't you fucking just stream the second set, man? Yeah. Now people brag about not flying in jets when they're on tour. Man, KFC Yum Center is so funny to me. Yeah. Is that KFC Yum Center? Is it Yum Brands? It's, yeah, it's owned by Yum Brands, so that's why. But it has the excla- excla- it has the exclamation point. And oh yeah, they uh, they operate KFC, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. I think they should change the name of all those restaurants to just Yum. Yeah, I would eat there more often. Probably that's like it's good. so clunky to have a KFC slash Taco Bell. Just have a Yum. I'm getting Yum. 
Or um, because it has two restaurants in it, to let you know that fact, it could just be called a yum yum. Yeah, yum yum. If it has Pizza Hut too, it could be a triple yum. I'm at the combination yum yum. I'm at the combination yum yum and yum. Yeah. I'm at the uh, law offices of yum yum and yum. Yeah, I'm at the yum yum and law office. Yeah, it's the KFC, Taco Bell, and law office because the uh, Pizza Hut part got uh, sued, but not the other two. (laughs) The law offices of Yum, Sanders, and Peter Francis Geraci. Even who besides us is on KidRock.com? Oh, apparently the founder of Papa John's Pizza, the N-word guy, he, uh, he opposed the building of the KFC Yum Center. Oh man! It, on what it grounds? It really is like feudal lords having a fight. I don't. It doesn't even yeah. say why. I think he was. It just wasn't his restaurant. I mean, that's just every aspect of American life. Of just like the same thing with Twitter this week. Of like Elon Musk's like stupid bluff about how he's just going to buy the whole site, and then the Saudi prince being like, "I won't let him do it." We're just all at the mercy of the dumbest people on earth, you know. It's awesome. I pledge my sword to John Schnatter. His yeah. crusade against Yum Yum <laughs> I pledge brands. my sword to Yum Brands. I'm I'm definitely on Team Yum. Let's go Yum Brands. This is the enlightened side. You're on the side of the racist guy, but then again, Kid Rock is the one who's playing at the Yum Center. So oh, I'm sure Colonel maybe Sanders really has know. some really progressive beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that Taco Bell Chihuahua was real progressive. There's a weird Jim Baker interview with Colonel Sanders when he was like two months from death. Where he's just telling Jim, <laughs> really? yeah, he's just telling Jim That's Baker amazing. about all his health ailments, like how he had like a stroke and a, a catheter and all this shit. Oh, that, well, how was Jim Baker reacting to it? Just smiling. He's like, "Well, you're gonna meet God soon, so that's nice." Yeah, and so are all of us because the apocalypse is nigh. Jim Baker was having such a good time in the '80s, and they had to go and ruin it. I know, man. Jim Baker does seem like such a funny person to talk to when you're at death's door, though, because he at least pretends to believe that we're all at death's door at all times. It's not You're not really going to get the drama and the sympathy you're looking for because he thinks the end times are already here anyway, you know? Yeah, you're like, I'm going to die in the next couple months and ascend to heaven with Jesus. And he's like, okay, me too. I don't know what you're complaining about. I think Kid Rock should go on Jim Baker's show. Oh, yeah. It's amazing he's still making that show. I think you have to sign up for it or you can only get it on YouTube or something like that. It's definitely not on cable cable. Yeah, his compound that's outside of Branson, Missouri. I know he's been doing it out of there for a long time. Ever since he got back out of prison. Yeah, he's got um, it's like on the border of Missouri and Arkansas. I remember one time I found job listings for his show. And like you could be like a sound guy, like audio engineer or whatever for it. And obviously it pays really shitty. It's been too long now, so I don't remember the details, but I just it's just like so funny to me. Like that also just seems so bleak being an audio engineer for Jim Baker. They should just hire Vic Berger. Yeah, they really like, should. Who has more experience editing? He's more invested footage. in yeah, exactly. Like a white hat editor. Yeah. Like when Norton hires ex hackers. So you know what, for Dan's sake, I'm gonna go ahead here and say if you want to catch um Arcade Fire on tour this spring. You can catch him at the Thunder Beach Motorcycle Rally, the KFC Yum Center, Kid Rock's Comedy Jam Nashville Comedy Festival. Um, the Ottawa Trucker Rally. The mid, yeah, the Iowa Trucker Rally, Mid-Florida Credit Union Amphitheater, 
Coastal Credit Union Music Park at Walnut Creek, Dos Equis Pavilion, Country Stampede in Topeka, Kansas, North Dakota State Fair, and Cheyenne Frontier Days Rodeo. They're going to be performing new songs from their new album, We, at the Mississippi Valley Fair and Ruoff Music Center. Okay, that one's not that weird. Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Featuring special guests, Grand cities. Funk Railroad. Yeah. You know, you would really think Arcade Fire would be opening for Grand Funk Railroad, but it's crazy times we live in. They're not allowed to play We're an American Band because they're a Canadian band, and it would really confuse everybody if they were from different countries. So uh, Grand Funk Railroad is just going to do a Jazz Odyssey because they only had one song and they ran out of them. <laughs> I just scrolled to the bottom of his tour dates and there's a button that says all dates and it just shows you exactly what you already saw because it automatically shows all dates. It must be so confusing to be an old person and try to buy tickets to that. (laughs) No, straight up that's true with the comedy festival that just redirects to the same page. Maybe they think it's Antifa trying to hack the website or something. They should be able to just send them a cash Comedy is so subversive. If he's allowed to do that comedy special and any liberals hear it, they're going to immediately repent and vote for Trump next time. Yeah, it would be so funny that it would change your mind. Like, I used to be a conservative, but then I saw Nanette and I became a Mm -hmm. liberal. But if I see Kid Rock as the second comedy set I've ever seen in my life, I might might go back. I don't know. Have conservatives started doing Nanette-style non-humor yet? I bet because you can imagine exactly what form that'll take. It'll just be conservative talk radio, but in front of a brick wall with a microphone, right? Where, you know, one hour, zero jokes, everything just complaining about snowflakes. Like I, I got to imagine that conservative humor is already reaching that point. I'm just not like aware of it, you know. They sort of had their but own rather already. than personal trauma, it's just personal grievances about culture war shit there was that guy who would have a puppet or he would do a baby voice and he would be like mommy please don't abort me i don't want to be aborted no (laughs) in this whole narrative i guess if you just had a i don't know maybe a kid do that or just a woman talk about how she regrets her abortion on stage yeah that's true if you're still going for like the kind of um like cathartic emotional trauma thing yeah there has to be some trauma involved but there are only certain things that you can talk about having trauma from if you're a conservative. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the problem is that they can't admit to that in most contexts. So they have to come up with fake grievances. Even if they have real grievances in their life, they have to come up with the fake ones about how they're mad about trans people or something, even though it doesn't affect them at all in any way, you know? Yeah, it has to be like you suffered from affirmative action or you got canceled. Because if you say like you're a, like yeah. a rape survivor or whatever, like they don't care about that. Yeah, exactly. They're all just like, well, you should have uh, worn something different. It has to be a very small number of things that are also things that will get you laughed at by liberals. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, uh, not that they don't talk shit on Nanette, but you can't like outright make fun of like what happened to her, that she got like hate crimed or whatever. But uh, if yeah. you made one that was like... Uh, uh, a serious stand-up, com- uh, stand-up comedy special about how you got canceled. It would just be fodder for trolling. That's what Louis C.K. should do. He should. About his trauma from, from being outed. He should do it nude. As a piece of shit. He should do penis Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, totally. That would be 
such an own on penis ck if louis ck <laughs> came back and did penis ck she was just like here's my yeah. penis fuck you i'm penis ck she would have nothing to do she would have to admit defeat yep and everyone else would just not get what was happening because they didn't they didn't see <laughs> penis ck yeah you're just owning someone over this obscure internet stupid bullshit the headlines are just 99% like percent of the people louis who paid 60 dollars to be there to like penis what? ck <laughs> that's his new name apparently he's like no it's it's uh, hold on let me explain it to you i got screenshots that makes me think now just like doing shit that's just obscure online bullshit that most people won't understand in the audience is making me think about like if tom opened for like some nationally touring comedian at like a three thousand cap venue and tom's just doing bits about like so i was on outlaws rizzle account the other day <laughs> And everyone's just fucking stone-faced. Now, people would love it. <laughs> so, blonde boy's in the news again. <laughs> you would just have to have a projector. So, you could put blonde boy up. Yeah. <laughs> when is he going to grow up? He's been four for so long. That's what's great, you know? Some of us wish we never grew up. It was a simpler time back when I was too stupid to talk or not wear diapers. I think he must be on those puberty blockers they talk about. Because yeah. he's just still <laughs> acting like a four-year-old. Is this what they're doing to kids? That's right. We're working on our conservative stand-up material right now. Yeah, putting Blonde Boy on the screen. This is what happens when you give someone yeah, puberty blockers. Extreme niche of Blonde Boy-related conservative uh, <laughs> cancel culture, culture war humor. Just a picture of a six-foot guy in like pajamas with <laughs> buttons on the butt with <laughs> a bowl cut. <laughs> this is what they did to this poor man. All right, well, everybody, check out Blonde Boy Ryan on Twitter. Yeah, Blonde Boy, he's going to be at um, Thunder Beach Motorcycle Rally. You can catch him at KFC Yum Center opening for Arcade Fire. Yeah, he's the world's youngest stand-up comedian. He's only four years old. They're already trying to cancel him. Catch him while you can, because these liberals are trying to shut him down. Yeah, they're going to kill him. 